this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We here at the Fumbling Four Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Once again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Got something that might interest you. <laughs> well, welcome back to the Resident Evil Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me is my fellow host, Daniel. Hi there. And just Ariel. Damn it. You didn't even let me say it. Taking everything away from me now. (laughs) Well, at any rate, we are discussing more characters today. Yay. And then we'll get back to the movies. (laughs) What movies? There's more movies. You know, there's more movies. What movies? The Paul Anderson movies. Paul Anderson made Resident Evil movies? Yes, he did now. (laughs) Did he, Daniel? I thought you were talking about Welcome to Raccoon City. (laughs) We don't talk about that. We don't talk about Bruno. (sighs) Anyway, we'll get back to the movies at another time. For now. At some point. For now, we have to talk about characters. So guess who's first on the list today? Is it the most useless character in the whole entire franchise? Lady D. Um, <laughs> it, it was Chris, but okay. Lady D had purpose, okay? She was fan service. <laughs> Don't think that means it was needed for the franchise. Doesn't mean it was needed, no, but it had purpose. Uh, anyway, who's the most useless character? I mean, the first character we're talking about. Well, like I said, I was going to talk about Chris and then Jill and Leon and Claire. We already did that. No. Listeners, you can't see the smoke coming out of Aaron's ears right now, but there is smoke coming out. No, and she's not useless, but we're talking about Mm. Rebecca. (laughs) There it is. There it is. That's what I was waiting for. I have thoughts. Clearly, you've made them known (laughs) by being a dick. Only because it's Daniel's favorite character. Just because it's my favorite doesn't mean my opinion may differ. 
Hmm. I would be interested to see if your opinion does match mine. But anyway, no, I. she's not useless, but I do have thoughts. So with Rebecca up to bat, let's talk about our pros. So Ariel, would you like to go first? I mean, I would, but I like Daniel's little like his. I don't even know what to call it, but his little thing he's got written down. So let's start with that. All right, Daniel, what do you got? I'm going to say it's like bare bones, but because there's mostly zombies in here, I'll call it zombie bones. So first, I can do both my pros and cons really, really quickly. So pros, she's a prodigy. We know that. So she was super smart growing up. So she is real smart, very well trained in as far as education. Uh, she's a medic. So that's definitely a plus that none of the other characters really have a background in or any type of scientific background, as we saw in Vendetta. Uh, and then I think she has more potential that they didn't cover for her. Like she could have been more because if she's so smart that she can take in all these skills that are mostly intelligence skills, I think they could have made her a good, like physical character as well. She was physical enough that stars had her because mm-hmm. you have to it just be like a police force. You have to be able to pass certain tests in order to be part of that so I know she would be physical cap- physically capable there but I think they just kind of let go of their potential by letting her just kind of fade into the background because we didn't hear for her from Resident Evil Zero up to Vendetta which is a ton of years but then my my uh, cons uh, so this one is just more of a funny one uh, she's not marriage material she doesn't want to get married <laughs> at least not to somebody that kidnaps her and puts her in his former wife's wedding dress. Why not? It's just not how things happen. That's oh. how I got Ariel to marry me. I don't think that's how it was. <laughs> She's shaking her head, everybody. <laughs> and then uh, because of they let her potential go, I think that's why she wasn't as trained as the others in that case so to me that's still a con because she wasn't it was kind of like where with like Claire we talked about in the last episode where Capcom didn't find potential for her like they just kind of wrote her off as as a back backline character sideline character I think but that's that's basically my pros and cons for the most part I'll probably come up with more as you guys are giving yours okay so Daniel's got some good pros and cons. Ariel. So pros. Kind of like what Daniel was saying, that she was a prodigy. She's very smart, young. Cons. She was the medic. She was the <coughs> medic got thrown into an entire game. That was like, oh, you're the medic. You got some combat training, but you know what? Like... Here's some shit. Here you go. Here's some shit. Yeah. Oh, and you know, here's the next con. That's, you know, you're led to believe that's bad, but he's kind of good, but here you can get stuck with him. <laughs> kind of did her a little dirty there. Mm. That's more cons about 
the game, though, I feel. Uh, I don't think it's like cons about the game, cons about Capcom. <laughs> Boy, Capcom's not a character we're talking about today. We're talking about Rebecca today. <laughs> I know, I'm just saying. I just, that's how I feel. Mm. I liked her. I think it was fun. Nice little change of pace to go to like, you know, you had two or one. You had one with Jill, two with Claire, both badasses in their own right. And now you have like this fresh faced 18 year old girl thrown into all of this. And yeah, you could say she stars. She was trained as a medic. As a medic. <laughs> but I did like her, though. I don't really have too much to go off on. I know she wasn't just in Zero, but I feel like that was her, like, prominent role was Zero. Because she showed up in, like, what, a little hint in one. And, like, she was also in Umbrella Chronicles, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. And, you know, it's... Which really, and then this, I'm just talking about the games, not even the movies. So I don't really have that much to go on her with, with these are all the pros I love and, you know, all the cons I hate about this character. I don't really have too much to go off of. So I did like Rebecca or, you know, do technically she's still alive. Unless Death Island changes that. Right. <laughs> She definitely does not want to get married to a psychopath. Shame, really. <laughs> why would you do her dirty like that? I'll explain why. <laughs> that's, in his, that's in his pros. It's in my pros. Uh, well, my thoughts don't differ very much from your guys', so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. Except for the fact that I feel like Ariel really hit the nail on the head when they say, you know, they, when you say that they did her dirty. She oh, wait, literally wait. zero. We're talking about Rebecca, so. Yeah. Can't say that Capcom did her dirty because you got to say the pros and cons about Rebecca. Okay. The con is she appeared in one game. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> that's going to bring me to my next question is. Do you think she was important? Don't we go first? Yeah, go ahead, Daniel. So I don't think she was. <gasps> what? No, I mean, yeah, that would have been somebody else potentially in Zero. But who would that have been? They needed somebody for that story, which we could have potentially got away with not having that story at all. We did until Capcom decided they wanted to make a prequel story. So, and with the movies, I don't think we... We could have got away with it being somebody else. I mean, events would have been different. Leon and Chris might not have got along together in that bar slash inn. Sure they would have if it was Claire. Well, yeah, but who knows if it would have been Claire. And then also uh, that city could have fallen because she wasn't there for Chris to find her. You know, because his whole thing in the movie could have been to go after her in Vendetta to find her, save her. Could have been going after Jill. Could have. These are all could haves. 
again, that's what I'm saying. She's a very easily replaced character. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. As much as I would like to say she's important to the story, I don't think she is. I kind of have to agree. She's not exactly important to the story. And it's kind of sad. I wish they would have gone more into her. You know, Capcom. I wish they would have gone more into her, given her more of a character development, more screen time, per se, game time, however you want to look at it, to make her be relevant in the whole the whole story overall. It would have been awesome if she would have been like that. But they didn't do that. So, unfortunately, yeah, she isn't very important to the whole thing. And it could have been anybody else. Yeah. That's kind of exactly... Man, I'm super surprised. I thought I was going to be the one who was like, no, nah, she's not important. I thought there was going to be more back and forth, but well, that shot my hot air balloon down. Uh... <laughs> Well, we have to be, you know, fair in our... Yeah, but I just, I wanted to be the one to say it. <laughs> hey, I told you as much as I wanted her to be important, she wasn't. Uh, well, in all honesty, my rundown is pretty much the same again. Uh, except for the fact that I feel like she could have been important had they focused more on her in Zero than Billy. And I get that you might look at it and go, oh, they did really focus on her in Zero. Did they? I mean, the only thing that had any sort of importance with Rebecca in that entire game was the fact that she was part of the original team that had to deal with these things. That was it. That was it. The rest of the game is all about Billy Cohen and his backstory and how he's really a, he's a bad guy, but he's not really a bad guy. And like that, whatever wasn't about Billy Cohen was about Umbrella. I mean, she wasn't important. You could have literally stuck any character in that position. And I'm not talking about making up a new one. I'm talking about you could have put Jill or, you know, Claire, or you could have put any character in that position and changed the story up slightly. And it would have made just as much sense. And that's what's the worst part is because they did come up with this really great backstory for her and just never used her beyond being the smart girl. That's it. I think Zero was a placeholder game. I think they wanted that fresh face and mm -hmm. they just made a story to go along with it. And then she became a character further on in the story. But of course, like we said, very, very little. Mm hmm. But because they put her in, they were like, well, we could pepper her in occasionally. But Unfortunately, I feel like she is a filler character. If at any point in the story they can't figure out a way to push forward, she is their filler character. They put her in and go, okay, Rebecca, fix it. You know, oh, we need to figure out why Chris is going to do what he's going to do. Oh, Rebecca! <laughs> you know, she's... And she has her own great personality and she has her own great characteristics and everything. But the biggest flaw is that she is downright replaceable. Unfortunately. So we have our first character that was not necessary to the universe. You shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so who's our next character, Ariel? Our next character 
is Ethan. Ethan Winters. No, Ethan Summers. Ethan Hall. You keep doing this to me, and I'm going to be screwy, okay? Stop it. There's you're, smoke pouring out my ears. You're already screwy. No, <laughs> Ethan Winters. All right. So, uh, Ariel, I'm going to let Daniel go first. <laughs> I have a short list for this one. Ariel already knew my pros and, con- armor. pros and cons for him already. So I didn't think much of Ethan at all. I still kind of don't. But uh, so he's one of the few that we see that has a family. And that, at one point, I mean, he mostly is all about his family. Most of the characters, if they've got a family, you don't hear much about it. I mean, there's Chris with Claire. Is Ethan Winters Vin Diesel? Maybe. Family. family. <laughs> Beer. Beer the family. <laughs> But yeah, so he's he's a uh, family oriented, but then it brings me. I don't really have many pros for him. I just <laughs> we know my thoughts on him. His cons is he originally had no skills really. He was in the tech industry, correct? But that's really all you get from him. You don't have much. He has no background in any training like a lot of these other characters have in some shape or form, and now he's got to encounter these people in the south and that are taken over by the mold and then it just progresses from there and then he gets powers so I kind of I just didn't care much for that so I most of my cons is I just don't care for anything (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of biased to me but okay alright so uh, more cons and pros on this one Ariel save us here Uh, I knew you weren't (laughs) I'm not a huge fan of Ethan either. But let me try to be fair about this. Not that Daniel wasn't. He definitely was. I was biased. <laughs> so, Ethan. Let me just start off with he was a character that was meant to just be normal. It, I, you know, we were supposed to feel like that was us. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> You know, I kind of agree with Mango on this one. You see your wife coming at you. You know, if I see my husband coming at you, coming after me with like a freaking disgustingly distorted face with a freaking chainsaw. I'm running the fuck away from you. Okay. Oh, no, no. Mango said he would murder his significant other. If that were to happen. Okay. I don't have anything that could beat a chainsaw. So I'm fucking running. Leon's knife. I don't have Leon's knife. I don't have jack shit. So I'm fucking running. If I had a gun, okay, I could shoot you down. I don't have a gun. Anyways, back to what I was saying. He just kept and kept and kept trying to save Mia. In seven, let's go to seven. something wrong with your wife buddy (laughs) clearly even if you're a normie and you've never seen in this shit there is clearly something wrong with your wife okay so he's naive and it did suck going in and not having jack shit this is a survival horror and I know they were trying to go more towards like actual survival 
survival horror where, you know, you run away and shit like that. Oh, this is okay. This is Resident Evil. I like to shoot with a limited amount of ammo that I have. And yeah, you get a gun later on. This isn't what I'm saying. I didn't start out with one. Okay. Didn't start off with these skills. Didn't start off with my little attache case full of shit. <laughs> okay. I just felt like it was too much. He was just too much. And then on top of like all of that, we go into eight. Now he's looking for Rose. He is very much like family. Okay. I would look for my daughter too. I don't blame him on that. I would look for my daughter too. But she's chopped up in little pieces. He doesn't know that yet. He does. Not in the beginning. Not in the beginning. No. But when he does figure it out. I would say, I don't know. Kids are a little more different than your psychotic <laughs> wife. So he went through all of that shit. I just, they tried to make him more than what he really was, which was just not a very important character to me. This is all me. Mm. You know, I see where they were going. He wasn't an awful person. He had a good personality. He was kind and, you know, driven and he had a good personality. He just wasn't much. Okay. So, is that my turn now? That's basically all I had to say, yeah. Okay. So, I'll start with my pros first. Pro number one, I liked being able to see an actual, genuine, normal person in the Resident Evil franchise. <laughs> Normie. I would like, I like seeing Normie. Normie the Norman. Uh, <laughs> I liked it. It was a nice change of pace. We're not gun-toting badasses off the, you know, off the word shoot. We're, we have to survive. Now, granted, I'm not a fan of the survival horror franchise. Um, I just, it's not my cup of tea. I like having a gun and knowing that I can stop something. Uh, but it was a nice change of pace. Second thing is, is I know everybody looks at it and goes, oh my God, that's my, why would you let your wife do that to you? Like, why wouldn't you? I can say that I see where he's coming from. I wouldn't give up hope because you're chasing me down the hall with a chainsaw. I'd find a way to stop you, put you in a cage and then go, oh, this is curable because clearly it's some sort of disease or disorder. So I'm not going to murder you until I've exhausted all possible other solutions. I love your reasoning. I 100% don't see you trying to do that with me if I started chasing you with a chainsaw. I definitely would. Why do you say that? I'm chasing you with the fucking chainsaw. Yeah, and I have a broom. I'll just smack you across the face with that shit and knock you out. Put you in a cage and go, you stay there until we figure this out. I'm, so I'm sorry, but longer reached weapon is... You're not going to be able to get to me a chainsaw if I've got me. this pole arm and I just jab you in the gut with it. What? We should go outside and try it right now. I don't, I don't have a chainsaw. They actually Daniel, terrify me. So. Let me borrow your chainsaw. I probably I think I have one. Maybe. My, My point is, is that I see where he's coming from. Not everybody's going to be like, nope, I'm done here. 
Some people will fight for their loved ones till the bitter end to be able to say, I did everything I could. Sorry, I'm running from you. Okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm not mad at you for that. Yeah, at least that's your did. choice. At least she didn't kill you. Fight or flight. That's a that's an instinct we're all programmed with. And then his is not flight. His is fight in his own weird way. <laughs> Here, Chris, take care of my light work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing was is <sighs> he we got to see a character adapting to a situation in these games. Well, in seven, at least adapting to a situational change. And sure, you know, he got powers later, but he never knew that. And it was another change that I welcomed to the franchise because we never got to see the other side of the coin. We never got to see how the monsters feel. Yeah, I know. Laugh at me. Zombies don't have feelings. But not all of those creatures are monsters, like brainless monsters, especially the B.O.W.s. I mean, they get to a point where they become brainless, but they're not always consistently brainless. You know, the tyrants... They don't start off brainless. So I liked that aspect of being able to see a monster from the start. You know, you're playing as a monster in the starting stages. I mean, could you classify him as a monster, though, when he just has the regenerative abilities? Yeah, because it was prior to anything else settling in with him. So he didn't go full nutso mode. But, I mean, he still was being controlled to a degree. I don't classify him as the same, you know, kind of spectrum of monster as everyone else, but... I don't know, I just... I thought these were positives about his character, you know? And... The negatives. It literally could have been just anybody in that position. Even though I did like that they were attempting to put you in the seat of the horror... You literally could have put any Resident Evil character in that position. <laughs> Until eight. Because Rose is the continuation of a new story arc, you know? That is until they completely nixed the entire winter storyline with the Rose DLC. <laughs> I feel like it still could have been another character other than Ethan. It could have been Chris. We could have been playing as Chris going in and saving Rose. True. But what sort of attachment would you have? What sort of feelings? It'd just be Chris trying to save an innocent kid. That's that's it. It would have been fine because Chris doesn't necessarily, not saying he doesn't have feelings, but he is mission oriented. It could have been a mission. He would have been driven for the mission. Why would somebody want Rose? Because of her ability. You know, somebody could have found out that she was born of two people with mold. Uh, higher up. Somebody, you know, that would have given him the mission to go in and save Rose. And he's so very much like for the mission that it, that would have been his drive to go and do it. Yeah, I just feel like the weight of doing this because of fatherly love and doing this because I was told to are two different weights. And I feel like the fatherly love one carries a lot more weight and well, a lot more 
you know, emotion behind the game. It definitely does pull on the heartstrings. I'll agree with you with that. All I was saying is that you could have replaced it with a different character. You could have replaced it with Chris. And no, you wouldn't have had those, like, pulls on your heartstrings. But it still would have been eight. Well, unless it was similar to Vendetta, the beginning. Remember when he went to the other country to go save... Wasn't it an operative friend of his? Yeah, a friend. I don't know Chris. I don't picture Chris being friends with an infant. Well, (laughs) he could have been friends with Ethan. Exactly. If they would have kept Ethan in seven, after Chris in the end came and saved him, they could have became the friends type of thing where, you know, he relocated him, blah, 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 done all that. I, I don't want to spend too much more time on this part. I get where you guys are coming from. I just still argue that I feel like it doesn't carry the same amount of weight as fatherly love. Even friendship love, it doesn't carry the same weight as father and daughter. Well, I never argued with you at no. that point. No, I'm just, Daniel made the point of, you know, it could have had some of that emotional attachment if it were to have been like, you know, Vendetta. Yeah, but it wouldn't nearly be anywhere close to what we have. So, I mean, I get it. I want to, I don't want to defend Winters at all, but I have to be fair. So, do we think he was important to the storyline? No. (laughs) Knew she was going to say that. It could have been anybody. It could have been anybody. Uh, Seven. Just say when he first appeared. They could have made it around another character. It could have been anybody. It could have been instead of Ethan, it was uh, Joseph or um, Michael or, you know, just any character that they could have came up with. Okay, so they chose Ethan and they went this route. All right. Like I was saying with eight, it could have been Chris. And. Ethan technically died at the end of eight. So there's nothing else that's going to come out with him. So was he important to the storyline? I don't really think so. Okay. Daniel, what are your thoughts? I don't think he was as much important either. Like Ariel said, it could have been anybody else in that spot because you can replace him with anybody even if it is a main character they could have brought back uh, now I can't think of his name we just talked Billy they could have brought Billy back and it could have been Billy in his place and we would have had Billy back at a game because he, he could dis- have got married and disappeared but that's just an idea that they could have had they've had they've had all these characters that they've had put in the games and they've just thrown away like they just fallen away from the limelight. We don't know what's happened to them. But yeah, or it could have been any normal other person. And you just change things based on, you know, who that character is to make that work if they wanted to keep it as a normal person. Yeah, I just didn't care much because he he was too normal to me. So we're not going to agree on this one. And that's fine because what I will say is I don't think they could have had just anybody. Because even if you did pick a different person, let's pick Clarabelle from Alaska. She's still going to be a normie. 
like Ethan and still going to do the same things like Ethan. So it's not a different character. You just picked a different name and gender and said, cool. Not different at all. That's fine. And having people like Billy, you don't get the normal character aspect. You don't get to feel like you're a normal person being thrusted into this world of shit. And as for old characters, I just feel like you're kind of robbing the old characters because if they had to turn into the mold, I don't want to see Jill or Leon or Chris or any of my favorites getting turned into the mold. That's why it's Billy. And then (laughs) dying in the way Ethan did. Ethan was disposable, which I think made him important to the storyline. His disposability, I know, his being disposable made him important, which really sounds stupid, but he was a character that we could fall in love with momentarily, not get our hopes up for, and die, and no one cares. Capcom made him important. Enough to kill him. This doesn't sound like importance at all, but I will give you that. <laughs> they made him important enough to kill him so they can progress the storyline in a different direction. That's why I think he's important. Is he an important, like, no, he's very forgettable to me. Very forgettable. But he was important enough to progress the story in a forward direction. That's the only reason I argue that he was important. <laughs> he was important trash. We'd throw him away. But anyway, who's our next character up, Ariel? Well, I think it's about time for us to go to a mid-break. <gasps> mid-break! Here we are, in the middle of the show. Ariel, what do we do here? Thank our patrons. <gasps> yes! <laughs> we have to thank our patrons, such as our VIP patrons, Angelus Mortis, Oracle, Cerberus91, Chaoticia, Chris Slate, Donnie Shanks, Everything Res Evil, Jay Zoobs, Lord Salzar, uh, Naked Mango, Pocket Comet, The Compound, The Pumpkin King, Seven Sins, and William Jackson. That is a lot of VIP patrons. Thought we got rid of Salazar in uh, four. He's back. And he's a patron, so he can stay. <laughs> we also have to thank our all-access patrons. Dead Socks, Edward Parks, Jeremy Kelly, Joseph Sucknanen, and Remington Cloutier. And our official patrons, Love YT, Ryan Black, and some random guy. So thank you to our lovely patrons. You make this show oh so possible. Yes, thank you, patrons, and thank you, listeners, because without you, we wouldn't have a show. So before we get into the mid-break stuff, I do want to shout out the compound. We still haven't hit our mark yet for the miniatures that the compound is so graciously giving us. Yeah, and um, if Aaron didn't really make it too clear about where to contact him, you can always use the email that's provided in the show notes Mm. to send an email to Aaron about the miniatures. So I have gotten a few emails already and a couple of messages on discord. So there's still quite a few slots open though for that. So as soon as I get a full roster, I'm sending it over to the compound and uh, 
yeah, I'll keep you guys updated from there. Uh, and don't forget to go check out the compound on Twitch. Awesome stuff. If you're into pretty much anything nerdy, go for it. And uh, I don't remember if PAX East has happened yet. I think PAX East is still... I think it hasn't happened yet, but um, they are heading to PAX East uh, whenever it happens. They are doing this lovely thing where um, they've got some... If you're into Magic Gathering, they got some exclusive Magic Gathering playmats. Give them the money, let them know you want one, and they are picking it up for you. So... You know, that's also, again, awesome of them. Awesome, awesome people. So, yeah, go check out the compound on Twitch. And uh, also, go check out our friend, Everything Res Evil, on Twitch as well. Streaming Everything Res Evil. (laughs) So, yeah, go check them out, too. Yeah, go check Everything Res Evil out, because he does everything Resident Evil. (laughs) So it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. So check it out. Well, with all those things out of the way, Danny, what'd you bring me? Presents? Well, I didn't bring you anything. Oh, I well, brought, nobody brought ever brings fans, me anything. Fan something. <laughs> so if you're looking for more Resident Evil merchandise in the form of a shirt on... Public, you can go find a shirt by Vietcom Bank Art, and it is called Resident Evil Devil Follow Me Art t shirt. And it's got Leon being pursued by zombies as it looks like he's running down a hallway and he's in his RPD uniform. Yeah, so if you want to get that on T Public. It does come in different sizes, anywhere from small to 5XL, and it looks like it ranges anywhere from $16 to $18 currently, as it's on sale for the next one day, 5 hour, 44 minutes, and 21 seconds as of this recording. So it probably won't be on sale by that time it's posted. <laughs> but you can get it from them. They also make, looks like hoodies, stickers, kids t-shirts, mugs, masks. That is on Tee Public by Vietcom Bankart. And it is Resident Evil Devil Follow Me art t-shirt. Comes in different colors and looks like anywhere between $16 to $22 currently. I need it. I want it. (laughs) I lost like a whole bunch of weight so I don't have clothes that fit me anymore. So I need some shirts. Aaron won't let me buy any though. That's not even remotely true. Also, if anybody gets into this merchandise that we talk about, Definitely post it in the Discord if you're in our Discord so we can see it. <sighs> Ariel, what do you have? Not awesome t-shirts. That's <laughs> for damn sure. You're wearing a Breaking Benjamin t-shirt right now. Yeah. That's an awesome t-shirt. It is, but it's mm-hmm. not Resident Evil. Oh my gosh. Anyways, I read an article, much like I always do. And this one comes from GameSpot, and the title is... PlayStation celebrates Resident Evil with Katzel Dimitrescu. Yes, I said that right. Katzel. Meow. (laughs) And it's a perfect invasion. That's actually in the thing. That wasn't me. So PlayStation Japan released a short video featuring two cats storming a real-life replica of Castle Dimitrescu from Resident Evil Village in celebration of the Resident Evil 4 remake's launch. 
In the video, two very fluffy cats, possibly owned by an unknown member of PlayStation Japan's social team, climb all over a replica of Castle Dimitrescu. Looking at the relative castle to cat scale, the castle model is unexpectedly big. An average-sized cat with a look eerily similar to Lady Dimitrescu can sit comfortably in a small balcony area. The castle in the video is not for sale, sadly, though you can probably DIY it if you're very passionate about reenacting Ari Village with your cats. What is for sale is the Resident Evil 4 remake, now available, now available on PC, PS5, PS4, and Xbox Series XS. So, I watched the video, and it's actually pretty awesome. It's not very long, and the video is in this article. So, yeah, give it a watch, because it's perfect. Was waiting for something like that. I know. And I delivered. Uh, so, before Aaron gets into his thing. Yes, RE4 Remake has been launched. Uh, I don't want to talk about it right now. Don't want to give out spoilers and shit like that, but we are going to talk about it very soon. We're going to kind of go in depth of it and do a comparison episode. I want to talk about it right now, but I can't, so... <sighs> if you haven't played it yet, go out and play it. That's all I'm going to say. Do it. Do it now. It's worth it. Well, I have two things for us today. The first thing I have is an article uh, from GameSpot as well. And it's Resident Evil 4 gets an adorable anime spinoff before the game launches. <laughs> Have you seen this? Yeah. Uh, Mango. Yes. Yeah. Mango posted yeah. it. So, Leon's like a little boy. He's a little boy. <laughs> so basically, it is a uh, little animated short called Leon in the Mysterious Village. And it is produced by the Japanese animation studio Nippon Animation. And is the first of several little shorts that they've done. And despite how cute it is, the article says you probably don't want your kids to see it. And if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's hilarious. Uh, it's it's awesome. The Again, the, the video is called Leon in the Mysterious Village. It's awesome. So thank you, Mango, for that one. <laughs> I had to track down where it was article-wise, like you could find it, but yeah. So the next thing that I have is a merch item. And this one comes to us from Matthew's 3D Shop on Etsy. And it is a Resident Evil 3D printed movie video game retro sign. It is $15.20. <laughs> I'm ignoring you. Uh, but it is legitimately a 3D printed version of the Resident Evil movie sign. It's it's decent. It's it's very well done, and it's a decent size. It measures in at about 10 inches, so it's a decent size. 
And uh, yeah, it's literally just the Resident Evil movie kind of little the intro words Resident Evil. So it's pretty cool. Go check it out. But that's all I have. It is a pretty cool sign. It's only $15.20. Do you want it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can find a place for you. Well, I'll always find a place where it's fine. Right there. <laughs> That's where the katana goes. Yeah, the katana that you're never going to hang up. So, um, you know, before we end the middle of the episode, let me just roll on into our sponsors here with Fan Rolled Ice. So, if you use our promo code AlmightyC10, which is A L L Mighty, the letter C and 10, you can save yourself 10% off of your purchase of dice, dice trays, dice bags, dice towers, dice accessories, whatever it is that you put in your cart to purchase. You can save yourself 10% off on it. They have multiple types of dice like gemstone, resin, metal wooden, rubber, etc. They got mini dice. They got big dice. Do it. You should. They're really pretty. At a really good price, too. And you can save yourself 10%. And to give you an example of, like, the price of the dice, like, Daniel just bought a set of mini dice. Well, he bought two. But they were $4.99. $4.99. I mean, that's pretty cheap so yeah and they're really pretty i like your dice your blue (laughs) ones are my favorite stardust 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 and guess what he used our promo code Mm. i did did you save yourself 10 percent? yes i did see we're not liars (laughs) i don't think they would think we're liars uh but anyways yeah that's my that's my sponsor for the day woo well Without further ado, let's go to the end of this episode and talk about our last two characters. All right, Ariel, we're back. We're ready to discuss our last two. Who's up first? Everyone's favorite femme fatale. Ada. Wesker? (laughs) Wesker, yeah. Just kidding. I knew she was saying Ada. I just, I I totally knew that. Uh, me, Me too. Yes, Wesker. <laughs> Everyone's favorite femme fatale, girly girl, Wesker. Oh my goodness. All right. All right. Pros and cons, Ada. Let's go, Danny. So a couple pros. Uh, she is highly skilled at what she does. She's a spy. Assassin per se, since we don't know much about her. She does have apparently the ability to get a lot of different weapons and carries a grappling hook. How convenient. Don't know where she stores everything. In keeping up with the convenience, uh, she shows up conveniently. What is that called, Ariel? Plot armor. Yes. (laughs) That's where I was going with that one. Uh, She is also highly fan service, as we know in Resident Evil Damnation. No, not at all. Yeah, it was Damnation, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To an extent, she's fan service. No, there's no to an extent. She is 100% fan service. <laughs> I'm only going to go to an extent. I'll let you keep the 100% fan service. 
But yeah, um, that's most of my pros. I mean, I, she is highly skilled, so I definitely give her that. She can fight what? Daniel's pro is fan service. No, that was fan service for everybody else. I'm not too worried about Ada. You'll find that out later. <laughs> <laughs> my cons is I think she's untrustworthy. Like a lot of the Patreons, patrons thought that she's kind of untrustworthy. But she, that's, she does happen to show up in the nick of time. You know, are you sure that you didn't cause some of this? What's going on? Uh, that's my mostly my con for her is that she's untrustworthy. I think her pros overshadow her cons. I mean, as far as because other stuff would be like, you know, she's a real flirt with Leon and everything. But that's just part of her being highly skilled because some of it could be part of her skill set in order to get in places whatnot. But anyways, that's what I've got. So Ariel, what are your pros and cons? Pros. Yes, she is very highly skilled. She always gets what she's after, no matter what. Yeah, it's it's the whole plot armor thing. She's always there at the right time. She always has the right weapon. It's it's kind of plot armor thing. Uh, The cons is, well, you know, of course she is untrustworthy. You don't, and the thing is, is just her background is so mysterious. You never know, like, where her intentions lie, ever. Because, I mean, clearly she's not the good guy. But she's also not evil, per se, in a way that destroys, like, humanity. Like, okay, yeah, she gets the this certain virus or something to sell to the certain guy and that's kind of aiding and but I don't know she's not the one outwardly doing it so I don't know I don't really know I'm where, where I'm going with this but yeah and the whole thing with like Leon I get what people say when they say that she just wants to protect him because they're both after the same thing type of thing or, you know, he's an... He's like her little guinea pig. She can send out to go get what she needs and then just steal it from him later type of thing. But honestly, I don't really believe that. I believe somewhere in her weird little mysterious sort of a heart that she actually cares about Leon and I think this because she doesn't need somebody to do her dirty work for her. She's clearly done it before on her own before Leon was ever you know there. She doesn't need somebody to go in and do the dirty work for her and even if she did she could pick anybody use her you know assets to get any guy to go in and do it for her. <laughs> but she's always there right at the right time, every time Leon needs saved. So I don't honestly believe she's just keeping him alive so he can do the dirty work for her. Because she could get any fucking guy to do that for her. So why is it always Leon? You know? And... No, Leon doesn't know much about her, but 
He knows she exists, so why would she want him to be alive? So, she would just kill him. He's a liability. But she doesn't want to kill him. Because she likes him. Oh, God. Well, I can't add anything pros con wise to Ada, to be honest. That you guys haven't already done. So, let's just jump straight to uh, is she necessary? I don't think she is. I like I like Ada. Don't get me wrong. I do really like Ada. But I mean, I liked Rebecca too. I, I don't think she's necessary. She's just there. It, yeah. She could be gone and nothing would have changed. I mean, except for the storyline a little bit where instead of her throwing a rocket launcher to Leon, he just found it on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, her absence could be, you know, explained in different ways. He, he could have found that on the wall. Any, you know, anything else that's dealing with her could have just, she could disappear and nothing would change, really. Okay. Danny? So, I'm going to agree 95% (laughs) that she is not needed. I think somewhere in the back of Capcom's mind, I think that they've got her importance. Because why would she conveniently keep showing up? And where has she been taking all this stuff? So maybe she ends up being a villain in the future. I mean, that's where why I think there could be... I think there could be importance. I don't think that they've... Because they wouldn't pepper her in as much, I think, if they weren't going to have more for her. I don't think... Because she keeps taking stuff, even in the CGI movies. Or the at least the one CGI movie. I think there's some importance to her, but a big chunk of that is no. I don't think she's really needed. But I, I, th- I think they have plans for her. I mean, it'd be cool if they did. I would honestly, I know they love keeping the mystery of Ada, but at some point in time, I would love to know who exactly she works for. What is she doing? You know, where does her loyalties lie if she has any? Or is it just like Sharpshot who just, you know, who pays me the most money? Sharpshot being a reference to a cyberpunk character. I 100% think that's exactly what she is. Who's going to pay me the most money? I'm doing the job. Cool. Well, unless we've gotten information about her in like a past game and it's been so vague that we don't know that it's about her. Like, you know, sometimes you'll see like scientist bios and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's something that we've seen in the past, but there's no direct correlation that makes us think, hey, that's Ada. Yeah. That could be, they could have peppered in her background long in the past, and we've never caught it because of stuff like that. Okay. But that's just a side thing. That doesn't <laughs> matter importance. <laughs> so, my argument is going to be once again for needed because plot armor. It's not logical. <laughs> No, honestly, no, I don't think she's needed either. They could explain her away with putting a rocket launcher on the wall and they didn't need a super secret spy to go and steal all this stuff all the time. They don't they don't need it. They they could have had one of the doc scientists got away with it. Yeah, it could have just been applied. Mm-hmm. Unless they bring up who and what she is. Like who as in who is she? What's more about her past and what she is, meaning who employs her? What does she actually do? 
unless Capcom brings that up here sometime in the future or even some semblance of it, she's going to be another Rebecca. How dare you? A washed up husband. Don't you say that. That they just pepper in for flavor? Mm Mm-hmm. Like Birch's eggs. She's already kind of at that point now where they just pepper in for flavor. Birch doesn't pepper his eggs. That's why I said it. it. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I think we're all in agreement here. Not necessary. That's two in a row. Three, technically, if you count your guys's. Uh, let's hope we change that out with the fourth one. Oh, it it will. Okay. Well, who's our fourth one? Wesker. Not necessary. <laughs> you need to change your mind, guy. <laughs> change my mind. Not necessary. No, no. So Wesker is our last one, huh? What you got for Wesker? All right, so I don't have a lot for him either, and I like Wesker to an extent. I mean, he's a villain, so you're you're not supposed to like the villain as much. Uh, he's a careful planner, schemer. He usually has things figured out ahead of time. He's also one of the ones that helped cause all this. So I think that's part of the careful planning, though five kind of threw a wrench into that to an extent. But I think Conwise he knows he knows mostly what he's doing I mean every once in a while you're going to have that something thrown in there throws throws every all your plan out of out of its way but I think he's a careful planner he's strong physically but that is partly in his that virus that he has but he's also been trained since he was young as well so I think he's he's physically strong in that aspect but then he's also smart with this whole careful planning and scheming. And I don't have much more for pro-wise. Khan, I think he's overzealous. He thinks he is his pride is his downfall. He thinks that no one can beat him, as we saw in 5. And, yeah. And he let that get to him. I think that's his big downfall. I mean, there's probably more personality-wise that is his downfall. Like, he's somewhat he's quick to anger but he also is more restrained I think with his anger up to a point but I think he's my big con for him is he's overzealous in that he doesn't think anybody can beat him I don't think I have much more other than that I mean there's probably other cons as we know I guess he's weak to his own virus if you give him too much that's just a physical con (laughs) But yeah, anyways, that's what I got on Wesker so far. I mean, uh, Pro, I guess he's got a good haircut. And them shades. Yeah. Don't break them. (laughs) Okay, Wesker. The pros. He is ridiculously intelligent, at least in the beginning part. And I'll go into more in this in a little bit. He is always... 10 steps ahead of everyone. He's already planned out the what ifs, if this happens, that I'll do this. You know, he's planned everything out. It's like he's already won the chess match before you even sat down and played it. And that is a huge pro. And yes, he's strong and like all these other things. But really his intelligence is kind of what I want to grasp onto right now. His cons... I don't like the way they developed his character. They gave him that slow descent into insanity or, you know, whatever you want to call it, pride, where 
he finally got to the point where he just believed he was better than everyone and that is was his undoing. He stopped being 10 steps ahead of everyone. And I didn't like that. I get what they were going, of course, because that type of mindset and this um, godlike mentality would make you do that. But I just hated seeing it. To me, Wesker is like the perfect bad guy. He is the perfect bad guy. He is always ahead of you and you can keep going and, you know, you may win a battle, but you're never going to win the war against him. And, you know, he's just that continual, like, freaking Ganon and LOZ. Like, he's always there. No matter what you do, you could win the battle, but you're not winning that war. That's how I viewed Wesker and I... I didn't like how he went into that godlike mentality and he stopped being 10 steps ahead of everyone. And that was his undoing. That's what caused him to, to quote unquote die because I still think he's alive. He's, he's out there somewhere. But I understand why they made him do that. Just sucks because... He was the bad guy of Resident Evil. When you think bad guy, you think Wesker. And it just sucked that they did that to him and now he's gone and... Quote, unquote. He'll come back. Mark my words. He'll come back. So yeah, that's just... Those are my pros and cons, essentially. I don't have much to add to this one either. You guys are nailing it tonight. So uh, let's roll right into Was He Needed? Yes. <laughs> yes. I think he was needed. He is the perfect bad guy. He is the one where, okay, you want to go in the beginning. He was part of the stars. He was, you know, the teammate. Who turned on everybody then just kept going and it was perfect because you know his existence was explained the betrayal betrayal was explained it, all of that how he came to be and then all of his powers his you know injecting with the virus and all that stuff and he is very important because he was the bad guy. And I feel like if they took him away, even with the games that he was in, they took him away, it, it wouldn't have felt so, you know, I don't know the word I'm trying to get at here. If you had a different bad guy in five and you're playing as Chris... The ending wouldn't have been as satisfying. Yeah, because Chris hates Wesker. I think the games that he wasn't in, uh, the games that he was in, if he were taken out, it wouldn't feel so personal. Exactly. I mean, that's the word I was looking for, personal. It, that's, that's it. I mean, yeah, you could throw any other bad guy. You could have a new bad guy every game, which technically you kind of do, but you have that one in the background always pulling the strings. Wesker. From zero to... F what was it? Five. 
And I still, I'm still a firm believer. I have no proof, but I am still a firm believer. He is still in the background pulling them strings. He's just hiding. Okay. Daniel? So I believe, I agree with Ariel. I think he is definitely needed all the way up to even six, even though he doesn't make the appearance in six because the T-virus had to do with C-virus. His influence was in six. Yes. Up to six, I think we needed Wesker because the other games, I think you could get away with not having Wesker because the mold is its own thing. So that, and that was in the past way beforehand. So he, he started everything, like Ariel said. I did realize another con as you were describing things. Uh, he is a betrayer. He, all of his allies, like Birkin, the Stars team, uh, even uh, Axela turned on them. So he's not a good friend to have. So, <laughs> but that was a con I thought about. But yeah, I don't think there would have been much story that you could do without Wesker. It would have definitely been different. Even if it wasn't as personal between him and Chris, Wesker did so much to move it. If Birkin would have been, say, the bad guy in his place, I think it would have not been as great of a story. No. It would have veered off in a different path. But I think because of Wesker's chess playing, I think it went went the way it was supposed to. And maybe everything else is still going the way it's supposed to from him, like Ariel said, with her theory, her conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have zero proof, but I don't care. Well, I have an idea how it could be, but I don't want to spoil it because that has to do with the TTRPG game thing I want to do. So, <laughs> so I guess it leaves me and my vote. He was absolutely needed. Every good video game series has one thing in common, and it is guns. They have the character you love to hate as the bad guy. And Wesker was that character who was lo- you love to hate. Legend of Zelda, you love to hate Ganondorf. You know, um, Mario has Bowser. Yes, thank you. I couldn't think of it. I was like, Red Blummer. Yeah. My <laughs> brain farted. Luigi, Luigi. Luigi. Mario has Bowser. I mean, all the iconic series of today's video game world have one thing in common, and that is the big baddie. I mean, Sonic has Robotnik, for for crying out loud. I mean, all of your goodies have the one baddie. Wesker played his part. He was absolutely needed. He gave great dynamics to the stories when he betrayed other characters. He was what a twist in Resident Evil 1 when he was ended up being the bad guy, you know? He was iconic. He is memorable. He is needed. What I will say to his return is I find it very hard to believe he will return because this guy's jacked up on all kinds of T-virus steroids. I feel like when something reaches this point of epitome of power, it's going to be very difficult to bring it back. I understand from that aspect, yes, but it's not going to be that Wesker. A clone? A clone. I could see that. Somebody who's dumbed down, watered down version, yeah, but not Super Saiyan 6 friggin' Wesker. There's no way. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, 
be a clone, a clone of Wesker. I could even see his son coming back and being the new Wesker. You know, I think it would be very hard, especially since he's been gone all this time. Plot armor. But plot armor could fix that. I I mean, I him as a character being gone, no. The Wesker we know and love from zero all the way to five, yeah, he gone. He dead in lava pit. So... We're all in agreement then. Wesker is needed. And that concludes our characters, doesn't it, Ariel? Yep. <gasps> yes. <laughs> so, what's next on the agenda? Afterlife. We still have Afterlife and Retribution and Final Chapter. And then that'll be it for the Paul Anderson movies. So... All I've got to say about the next movie we're going to cover is quarters make good bullets. I just... (laughs) Don't we get to see some shades in the next one? Shades. We do get to see some shades. And my favorite, B.O.W. Stars? A zombie. It's not Nemesis. Zombie. It's a zombie. There's no zombies in Resident Evil. It's undead. Well, you know what I meant. <laughs> I know what you mean. I'm just messing with you. I'm just going to spill it right now. It's the executioner. Never heard of him. Of all the BOWs. <laughs> he's well, in your favorite game. I know he's the worst thing to well, fight in the beginning. And on that note, since these two are going to fight it out to the death. Thank you all for listening. Tune in next week. Let me get my hooks and axe. Bye, Lair. <laughs> Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a comment and review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at RE Lurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember, we might have something that might interest you, stranger.